What's good, church? How are we doing today? Happy summer. Everybody, everybody rocking shorts. I wish I could wear shorts. I'm going to wear shorts one day. You guys will be blinded by the glory of God, the illumination of these ivory legs. Hey, can we welcome everybody who's watching online and particularly the men of Lansing Correctional. We love you guys. Awesome. Hey, go ahead and grab your seats. Coming out of a series uh, called The Upper Room where we just dove a little deeper into the ways of the Holy Spirit. How many enjoy The Upper Room? It was awesome. And today we're back on track with where we started the year as we're reading through the Bible together. In fact, if you're not in on the Bible reading plan, we read a, a chapter or two or three every single day and uh, we'll get through the whole Bible. And I'm preaching and teaching. The platform messaging is from uh, what we read the previous week or the next week. And something just stuck out of me last week that I think it's just a, it's one of those like crazy stories. There's a lot of them in the Bible. Now, some of the Old Testament stories, like I, I, I can't quite picture myself in that scenario, uh, but I can learn a lesson from it. But this one, I think, I think this one, as audacious as it is, I think is accept, uh, accessible to each and every one of our lives. And so we're gonna be in, in 2 Chronicles. And we get this, this God moment where God shows up and speaks to the king, King Solomon. And he says, hey, Solomon, what do you want? Think about that for yourself today. Like, what's that? If you could ask God for one thing, what would it be? What's that one thing I can do for you? What's that one request, God says, Solomon, that, that you're asking for? What, what would you like? This is the story, Second Chronicles. It's also in 1 Kings 3. It says, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you? Like, what's that one gift? Solomon answered God, hey, you've shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord, let your, your promise to my father, David, be confirmed, for you may be king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the, of the earth. This is what he asked for. Verse 10, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom and knowledge, but not just for myself. Give me wisdom, insight, understanding. Give me knowledge so that I can lead this people who are, for who is able to govern this great people of yours. In other words, God, thank you for what you've done for my father. Would you, would you continue that blessing on me? Would you give me wisdom so that I can actually help your people? Would you bless me with understanding so I know how to make right decisions that impact and bless other people? God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire, you didn't ask me for wealth, but you could have. You didn't ask me for stuff or possessions, but you could have. You didn't ask me for more honor, but, but I would have given it to you. You didn't ask me for the death of your enemies, your haters. You didn't ask me for a long life, but you asked me for wisdom and knowledge so that you could govern my people to whom I have made you their king. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. But I love this part. How many know we have a God of so much more? a God of exceedingly, abundantly, and above. Maybe you just need a reminder, you barely got here today. God has more for you. And when you get things in the right perspective and the right priority, he won't just do that one thing, he'll do more. You need to believe for more. It says, because you only asked 
for wisdom so that you can help other people, knowledge so you can live a better life and be a better leader. I will also give you wealth. I'll give you possessions. I'll give you honor, such as no king has ever had before you or will ever have after you. And Solomon went to Jerusalem from the high place of Gibeon from before the tent of meeting, and then he, he reigned in life as a king. He reigned over Israel. When everything possible was on the menu, Solomon says, I'll have an order of wisdom. And God was so pleased with his priority decision. That which he was after wasn't even about him. It was about understanding so you could bless and build and help other people. So you could live a life that's just bigger than you. He was so impressed. I was so impressed with his decision to put a priority on wisdom that he gave him everything else anyone else would have wanted. Today's message, I really believe, is gonna, is gonna speak to your Monday and your Tuesday and your Wednesday. I think it's gonna speak to your week, but more than anything, I think it's gonna speak to who God has called you to become. It's not who you used to be. It's not even who you are right now. It's gonna begin to unlock your fullness of your God purpose and your potential in Him. When we're not just asking Him to get by for another week, and we're not just asking Him for a little bit of blessing or a little bit of peace in the midst of a storm or a little bit of extra possessions or financial blessing, we're actually asking for His wisdom and His direction. And not only will we get that if we go for that, but God will give us everything else you would desire and what He has planned from time, the beginning of time for your life when you get this place of priority of wisdom. Because there's two parts to this life. There's the, the natural and the supernatural. There's the, the grind of life, the daily decisions, the work you gotta do, the raising of your families, the leading and loving in your marriage, your career. And then there's the grace of God, the supernatural, where God's hand comes upon your hand and he multiplies the work of your hand. Where God gives you the opportunity for another go when you get it wrong. But what we find in this thing called wisdom is the overlapping of our natural with God's supernatural. That his ways, when they become our ways, lead us into his plan. And his plan is to prosper you. And his plan is so that you'd be a greater influence in the world around you. And his plan is that your marriage would thrive and the raising of your kids, that they would go farther than mom and dad did. And his plan is that your career would honor and glorify God as he would grow your life. Because if you want momentum in your life, if you want God victory in your life. It isn't enough just to know the, the person of Jesus. Listen, like relationship with Jesus has given you the free gift, the grace of God, the salvation. You said yes to Jesus. You said yes to a new start, a new beginning, to an eternal life with God. But it's not enough just to know the person of Jesus as your savior. When Jesus becomes king, when his ways become your ways, when his word becomes the way that you walk, he doesn't just lead you into a, a good day, a life one day in eternity. He brings the best of his plan and his purpose in the here and now. And so we don't just know the person of Jesus. We live by the principles of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. And that, my friends, is wisdom. There's more for you. Changing the way that you think to begin to think and see things the way that God sees them in the perception of heaven for your life. It's gonna help you win in life. If you go after wisdom now, you will have it and more of it. And then you'll have everything else that God designed and desires for you as well. I wanna speak today how to win with wisdom. You wanna win? Get wiser. Don't just win one battle. 
No, no, we're gonna win in the long run because we're gonna start thinking the way that God thinks and obeying the things that God has said, amen? Can we pray? Would you join me, those online, everybody? Let's pray. God, we thank you for open hearts, not just to hear, but to do. Not just to listen, but to learn. Not just to be graced for one more day, but to grow in our character and into our calling. Holy Spirit, like only you can, would you activate what you wanna say to every heart that is ready to hear? So people in this room need, they need answers. They need direction. They need help. God, like only you can, would you speak their, their specific situation with not a generality, but with a yes and no, with a right and wrong, with a next step. God, I thank you that we're growing in wisdom, that we're gonna love the word, we're gonna love the Holy Spirit, and we're gonna love each other. And as we honor you, you're going to build our lives because here at Kingdom City, you're building people that bring heaven to earth. So more of heaven's help and more of heaven's grace for every single one of us in the mighty, powerful, ever ready name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. Ecclesiastes 10 tells us that if you want to succeed, it's not necessarily working hard or hard work has its benefits. But if you're trying to fell a tree, the first thing you should do is you should sharpen the edge of the ax. It says effort can produce some things, but a sharpness and insight can cut through a lot of things. And it goes on to say that wisdom brings success. Wisdom is where God's supernatural ways become our natural daily life. The decisions that we make, the way that we talk, the way that we live, the way that we honor God, the way that we walk it out in everyday life, by doing it God's way, we're walking in in wisdom. If we're gonna win with wisdom, we need to realize that wisdom isn't a course that you take and you graduate from. In fact, Albert Einstein said that, that wisdom is not a product of schooling, but a lifelong attempt to acquire it. It is a journey you will be on for the rest of your life. And for some of you that barely make it into Sunday mornings, and I am glad that you are here, I will always bring a little bit of hope, a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of help. But if we don't walk out of here with some things to work on, we will never fully develop. We'll just keep living the same week over and over again. And God wants to get you off the hamster wheel of just needing a little bit more hope to keep going. And he actually wants to help you build a life where you win where your marriage isn't just making it through another week, you're actually thriving. Where your kids aren't just like, you're just keeping them out of juvenile hall, you're actually sending them off to go farther than mom and dad ever went. That your career isn't just a means to an end, it's a place of calling, and the hand of God begins to show up and help you in your work and grow a life like Solomon that actually build and bless other, other people. If we wanna get to wisdom, we need to understand where does wisdom start, and the Bible's very clear. The Bible, in fact, is the book of Proverbs, the majority of which was written by this very same king, Solomon. In Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, it says that the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, one translation says. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Now, you've probably heard that about the fear of the Lord. You might have heard that grew up in church. Now, just so you know, that does not mean that I am afraid of God. It does not mean that I'm I, running away, I'm not, I'm not scared of God, I actually, I see God as sacred. It's not that I'm hiding from God because I'm intimidated, I, I, I understand that that's where my help comes from. I have high regard for God. The real definition should be the reverential awe of God, that I revere him. He's not just this, this additive to my life, he's the Lord of my life. He gets the final he gets the first say and he gets the, the final say. 
So fear is that I'm not scared. It's that I, I actually put honor on him and I worship and I glorify him. And part of my worship and glorifying of God is that I obey what he's told me to do. So we need to fear the Lord. As believers, we don't live like the world lives. We're in this world, we're not of this world. So what works for them, which we all know doesn't really work, is not the way that we work. We navigate things differently. At work, at your job, you don't cut corners just because your coworkers do, because you have the fear of the Lord. You know that God is really the one that's always watching. That's why the Bible says we do our work unto the Lord. So they might get away with it, they might mail it in, but you're actually, you know, you're actually endeavoring to honor God by bringing your best to the table. In relationships, we do things the God's way. Just because it feels good in the moment, we don't do it because God's word says that's not for us. We're gonna trust a higher way than what we feel here on the earth. We're the people that will forgive even before they apologize. That seems crazy to the world, but the Bible says that this world's way is actually foolishness to God, and vice versa. They think it's foolishness as well. We have the fear of the Lord in our finances. We are in the awe and worship of God that he goes first in every area. We don't wait till the end of the month to give God leftovers. We put him in the place of priority. The world says that's crazy, but this is what, this is what we believe because God's ways are higher than our ways. And if you wanna keep pace, with the life that God has for you, you have to put a priority on wisdom. Because just like small keys unlock big doors, it is the small insight, the small decision, the still small voice that speaks to you. The little bit, what the Bible would call it, it's a spiritual gift of, of discernment. I'm able to perceive that this isn't a right relationship. I'm able to perceive, although this seems like a shortcut, this isn't the way I'm supposed to go. I'm able to discern what to do with my words and even though my, my, my spouse might have made me mad, I'm, I'm perceiving that they might be going through something. So I'm not gonna retaliate because that's the way we used to do things. I'm actually gonna be wise in this moment and I'm gonna put a guard on my mouth because I'm gonna speak life over them. These small decisions, these small voice, these small moments and understandings, when they are tempered with wisdom, they produce big results. Wisdom is a key that will unlock the door of destiny in your life. Proverbs chapter four. Solomon says, getting wisdom is what the most important thing you can do. Whatever else you get, get insight. Love wisdom, and she will make you great. Ladies, that's a place for an amen. Lady wisdom. You turn to your husband and say, I told you so. The Bible says I know what I'm talking about. So what is wisdom? Wisdom isn't knowledge. Wisdom isn't knowledge. Wisdom is a God understanding. Like we, we can get um, Alexa, Siri, Wikipedia, ChatGPT for facts. It's not more just more, more information. It's the application of the God way of going that actually produces God momentum. Because you can have a high IQ and live a low level life. See, wisdom is gaining God's perspective and choosing his way. How does God see it? How does God want it? What does God desire? What does God say I should do in a situation like this? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right. You ever made a decision on what seemed right? That felt right? Seemed like the right thing to go? The right way to do? There's a, there's, a, there's a decision, a way of living that seems right, but the Bible says it ends in death. You, you seemed, felt like this was the right move, but you never took time to account. But maybe God, what do you actually think about, about this? It seemed like the right answer. It seemed like the right response. 
Your wife asks you, do I look good in this? And you say, yeah, you look good. Just good? It seemed like the right decision, and it led to death. Your <laughs> death on the couch. And see, when we're living just by our senses, it will leave you at the mercy of your feelings. And your God future cannot and will not be built just by feelings. Now, he is a God of emotion. He gave you those emotions. He is not just austere and distant. God loves. God hurts. God's heart is wretched over the mistakes we made, even in the calamitous world. God's so loved that he, he's a giver. He gave. He's got a response, and he has a, he's a heart that cares. But we don't just live by our, our feelings. Because we've done something in the moment that felt like the right decision, only for it to be wrong. And this is why if you ask for a spirit of discernment and you ask for biblical wisdom, you will begin to win when the world loses. I think some of us are exhausted in life because we've been running at the speed of this world and following the map of our emotions. Listen to your emotions and listen to your feelings, but bring them into alignment from a higher perspective. That when we start operating our daily decisions with this reverential awe or the fear of the Lord, we begin to get a perspective that not only knows who we are or were, are, it also knows who we're becoming. And that God begins to lead and guide us by his word and by his Holy Spirit to make decisions that maybe seem small in the moment, but it's those small steps that lead you to significance and lead you to victory. So how do we get wisdom? There's three places I want to talk about today. First two, I'll give you right up front. Wisdom is found in the word and in the whisper. This is, in fact, this is in our core DNA at Kingdom City Church. We talk about that the word of God is the way that we go. If it's in the word, then we're going that way. If that's the, what the word says, that's the way that, we, this is what we believe. But we also say, and these don't contradict each other, they compound and they bless each other, they build upon each other, that the Holy Spirit is our guide. In the upper room, we learn that the Holy Spirit isn't just for an emotional feeling in a moment. It's the God who leads and guides you every single day and empowers you even spiritually to live a life above your own natural ability. So it is the word of God and the whisper of God, and they always will work together. Proverbs 1, Solomon is saying that wisdom's always talking. Wisdom's always singing her song. Wisdom's out there on repeat for anyone who can actually tune in. I love this translation of Proverbs 1, verse 21. Yet wisdom's song is not always heard in the halls of higher learning. Come on, any GED out there, give me an amen for G-O-D, still got you. But in the hustle and bustle of everyday life. In other words, it's not just education, it's application. Don't you know that I'm ready, wisdom is speaking, to pour out my spirit of wisdom upon you and bring you to a revelation of my words or my ways, you could say, that will make your heart wise, not just your head big. It's a revelation for your heart, not just your head. But there's a spirit of wisdom. Jesus says, we looked over this in the upper room series, John 16, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. The God perspective, the God plan, and the God pace. It leads you to truth. He will not speak on his own. In other words, everything he's going to say to you, he got from God speaking right to you. He will tell you that which is, this is why it's so key to have wisdom in your life, what is yet to come. Because that might've been the right decision yesterday, and that might have been the way we've always done it. But there might be a new way or a new way of thinking that God has designed for you to get you to this place called destiny because he will speak to you of what is yet to come. And so we have to get this word into our life. And I say it this way. We have to, you have to work the word. 
Don't just know the word, work the word. The word is not just letters and words to be read. It is a way to live. Just like a seed does not sprout a harvest if it stays on the shelf, the Bible will not grow your life into God's best until it is planted. You gotta work it into the soil of your heart. That's why it says, I have, I have hid your word in my heart. I've protected your word in my heart so that I might not sin. I might not go the wrong way. I'm gonna go the, the God way. Your word, the Bible says, is like a, it's like a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. We want the word or like get a vision, like that's the end destination and everything is all lights, all green, all go. But God's ways, because he's a relational God that likes to be close, he actually leads you step by step. That's why the Bible says he orders the steps of a righteous man or righteous woman, not the leaps or bounds. We're not trying to jump into big things. We actually just follow him every single day. This is wisdom. This is a right way of going. This is a God-honoring way. This is the way that I live. This is what I choose because it's in the Word and the Holy Spirit confirms it in my heart. And the more steps I take before you know it, I feel like I'm going slower than I want, but you'll go farther than you could in your own ability. This is how you win with wisdom. I've got to work the Word. There's your, there's your intelligence quotient, your IQ. There's your adversity quotient, AQ. There's your emotional quotient, EQ. But there's a wisdom quotient as well. I'm grateful for the wisdom quotient. It's not necessarily my intelligence, it has more to do with my understanding of God and my obedience. Because honestly, my IQ is not that high, I'm from Oklahoma. Um, my AQ, pretty good, my EQ, uh, I could be awkward sometimes, hello. But I, I want this WQ, I want this wisdom quotient. And your wisdom quotient is directly related to the word of God that you do, not the word of God that you know. If you're new to faith, this should encourage you so much because you, like, you go into a connect group or you go into a Bible study and you feel like overwhelmed, like you thought it was the book of Job. <laughs> like, you, you, you did, like you're like Habakkuk, you're like, God bless you. It's like, no, it's the book of Habakkuk. And you feel intimidated. Why, because some other people have been following God or have known the Bible or grew up in church and you did not. And it can be intimidating at first, but the good news is it's not about all that knowledge. It's about a spirit of understanding. And so it's better, it's like an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. One word obeyed is better than a book known. Because you really will start doing that which you believe, not just what you know. It takes more than reading the book. I know people that are walking, talking, Bible, and encyclopedias. They study it, they memorize it, they can quote it left and right, and, and yet they are as far behind in life as possible. Proverbs chapter seven, never forget what I tell you to, what I tell you to do. Oh, there's some directions in this thing. This isn't all just feel good in the moment. God is a God that will minister to your soul and loves to lift your spirits and lift your burdens, bring hope and bring peace, and all those things are wonderful, but you're gonna walk in more of that when you, when you do, what to do. Do what I say and you will, you will live. Be, be careful to follow it. In other words, it's, it's just worthless if it doesn't actually get worked and applied into your life. Jesus says this in Matthew 7. Storms are coming. We're in storms. They're gonna be here till the day of Jesus' return. God even allows us to go through some storms. Doesn't save us from every struggle. You might be in a storm today, and it's not because of disobedience. Those happen too. 
It might just be that God is refining and strengthening and growing you. So I can count it all joy when you come across various trials because they produce something that is worthwhile, something that is significant for a glory that far outweighs, Paul says. Matthew 7, Jesus says, hey, you want to know how to prepare for the storms and have a life that's still standing? You want to know how to win? Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. It doesn't matter how much wind and how much rain, you'll still be standing. James, Jesus' brother, says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. You've got to do what it says. You ever, when you're back in school, did you ever cram for a test? I know you did. Like the day of, as you're driving to, as you're walking to the class, right before the teacher says, put away your notebooks, you are reading, reciting out loud everything you can read. And you're saying it out loud, and what happens? Then you, you cram, 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 cram. And then you regurgitate it all on the page. And sometimes it works. How many of you got a B? Probably didn't get an A, but you got a B. Maybe slid by with a C, but you, but you passed the test. But the moment you turn that paper in, everything you just crammed on, gone. <laughs> bye bye So you passed the test, but you didn't get the education. The same way if we're like, oh, I'm coming against a difficult moment. Oh, I got a doctor's report. They're downsizing at work. My relationship's on the skids. I mean, I'm going to Google promises from God. I'm going to go cram, 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 cram. This is great. And here's the deal. God is so good and merciful. Like, he will bail you out. But he wants to grow you up. He wants a life well built that you're not always just trying to bunker down in the storms. But you're strong and steady because you put it into practice. And you built your house on the rock. And so instead of cram, 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 my kids do this sometimes on the way to school. Friday's like test day. They're going over their spelling words. I'm like, could you not have done this earlier in the week? And then I realized, oh, wait, I'm in charge. This is my fault. <laughs> but they'll cram, and, and they'll barely get it right, or they'll get a 90, a 95. It's like, you could have got 100 if you would have just started on Monday. And this is God's plan. Instead of cram, 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 pass, he wants to take you by step, by step, by step into success what you actually gain, this wisdom, this discernment, the spirit of revelation of the God way of doing things, which will produce God results in your life. So, hey, if you haven't tracked it with us on the Bible plan, this Bible year we're on, hey, we're at the halfway moment. Let's, let's finish this rest of the year. Like, you missed some good books. You missed some boring ones, too. You missed some good <laughs> books, like the Gospels, pretty much. So you can go read one of those, do that in a day. But let's, let's do this thing together. And let's not see if the daily word in our life, by the way, we're not reading it to check it off the list. We're reading it and we're asking God to breathe on it and speak to us and show us how to live this thing out. And if we would do that, I bet you anything, the rest of your year will be better than the beginning of your year. So we've got the word that we work in our life and then we find the voice of the Holy Spirit. You gotta find that voice. In this modern world we live in, Back in the day, you used to have to tune in to the FM, AM radio. Some of you don't even know what the radio is. You used to tune in. You've got to get that right frequency. And in all the digital age and technology, it's on your phone, it's Bluetooth. You can skip all that. But there's just some things that are uniquely analog about God's voice. And then you learn just to pause everything. And it's a hands-on or hands-up moment where you're not just getting to the checklist of your word. You're pausing for the, a pause for the cause for God to speak to your heart speak to your life. 
Because Jesus says in John 10 that the way that we're called to go as we follow the good shepherd, as we follow Jesus, that we don't just hear his voice. It says that we know his voice. Like there's a lot of daddies that can be cried out on the, uh, on the playground, but I know the sound of my own kids. And they know the sound of their dad's voice. In the same way, if you want the protection, the encouragement, the help, the guidance, the deliverance of your God to show up in difficult moments, it is not just hearing the voice, it's knowing the voice, which means you've heard it before. And if you haven't been building with wisdom, today is the day of new beginnings for you. Today is the day of new beginnings. I'm not just going to go through the same week over and over. I'm going to grow my God obedience by getting in the word and obeying at least one thing that's in there. Like I got this goal at my gym. I'm sure it's like this at every gym. They have like the dumbbell racks. There's three levels. There's the top level. It's a little lighter. There's the middle level. It's a little heavier. And then there's the ones they just put on the floor. Those all have a one in front of them. I am not into those. God did not build me like that. Okay, that might be your build, that's not me. If it doesn't have a five or a zero, like a 10 or a 15, then it's not for me, that's down there. God's called me to a higher levels, okay? But I've got a goal, there, there's a one weight on there that one day I'm like, I am going to lift that weight. Now time is running out as I'm in my 40s. But I'm, I'm gonna lift that one day. Now I could go at it in the gym and stare at it and say, you know, I'm gonna lift that one day. And then go about and do all whatever, stretches, elliptical, all those things, and I'll never lift that weight. But if I'll start with what I can lift, over time I'll get there. And some of you, you are new to faith and you're new to wisdom. You're new to God's ways. God has saved you, God has rescued you. Maybe you're brand new to faith and you're like, man, I would love to have a strong marriage like they have. I would love to have a career that's blessed by God like theirs is. But if you never lift where you're at, you'll never get to where you wanna go. So you might have to start on the other end of the rack. And by the way, it's humbling over there. Come on, how many of that's the only place in the gym where you got color-coordinated dumbbells? You got the magenta threes. You got the seafoam green fives. But you will never get to the goal of the weight you want. You know, one of the Old Testament words that can be translated as weight is the word glory. You will never have the glory of God on your life until you learn to lift what you can lift. Obey what you can obey. Build with what you got, with repetition and time, time and testing. Over a season, you will begin to grow your strength of obedience and grow in your wisdom quotient. You will grow in your understanding of working the word into your life, and you will grow in knowing the whisper of the Holy Spirit. And it will begin to guide you into a life that is filled with the glory of God, that your marriage would illuminate to the, other, the world how good God is. That your kids will go so much farther than you because you learn how to carry some of the glory of God. And then your life would be well built. And you will learn how to win when it comes to wisdom. So we work the word. And we listen to the whisper. Third place. This is a place truly lacking in a lot of us. We believe that wisdom, wisdom is refined in relationships. I'm getting my wisdom from the word of God. I'm getting it from the voice of heaven. And then it is refined. It is rejuvenated. It is, it is realigned by the right voices in my life. 
I'm getting people, like, I'm not going around, and when the, I get a couple no's, it's probably not a God, and then I go keep turning to 16 other people until I get one person to agree with what I feel like is the right thing, because that leads to death. But there's a person or two, probably tops three, that is in my life that is speaking sometimes uncomfortable things, sometimes costly things, challenging things. Not because they're wanting to limit me. No, they want my life to carry weight. Of course, we know a relationship with God, first and foremost. I think a relationship with the church. You want to, the Bible says, if you want to be wise, walk with the wise. Go, go with the people that are going the same God direction as you. In fact, if you have more influences of people that are going, that are pulling you back to who you, keeping you where you're at, or pulling back to who you used to be, and not pushing you on to where you got, you, you need to redefine the weight balance of how much of those people you allow around you. And as you're stronger and as you're lifting more and as you're walking more wisdom, you'll be able to put up with more of their mess. But if you're truly gonna get on to God's best and God's destiny, you need to decide some levels of relationship. But you need a voice or two, maybe three, that will tell you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. I know I, I try to bring that voice as encouraging as possible every Sunday, but the Holy Spirit has the ability to take what I say and, and cut through all the nonsense and noise, and even through your feelings, to speak to about what God is just asking you to do today that's gonna set you up for your future. Just a voice that says, hey, that's not for you, or that's a not yet. And it feels sometimes like a limitation. But what it's actually doing is leading you into humility. And when you walk in humility, you will eventually walk in honor. When you learn to carry the small weights, you'll eventually carry the glory. When you learn to obey when it's inconvenient and learn to push pause to make sure this is a God thing, it will save you from calamity and it will lead you into destiny. And so if no one in your life tells you no, you need some better voices in your life. Think about Psalm. I'm working on this message for Father's Day. I might just preach it right now. <laughs> Sometimes if it's hot, you just run with it. The sad thing is Solomon failed at the end. You know this? Gosh, it's one of the things in the Bible that drives me nuts. I'm like, he had it all. And he faltered at the end. He even acknowledges it. Man, man, I got set up in this conversation with God. Like, I got my father. I get to follow in his footsteps. And I, I asked for wisdom. I got it right. I was the wisest man apart from Jesus that ever walked the earth. And then he gets it wrong. You can read this in different places in the Old Testament. He marries all these other wives. He begins to build up false idols. God literally shows up another time to like correct him and he, it seems like maybe he got it right and then got it wrong again. It's such a sad story. This is something just horrible about unreached potential. And then the generations that follow, you, like we're reading about it right now, it's like it's just, it's ups and downs for the kingdom of Israel after that. Some of you, you inherited that from your father or your mother. It's like ups and downs, setbacks, baggage, barriers that seem hard to break through. I look at Solomon and I say, man, what was missing? Because he had it all, wisdom, discernment, favor, finance, and fame, renown, and safety, and security. 
Because his dad messed up too. If you don't know the story, David slept with another man's wife. In fact, he, that ended up being Solomon's mom. And, and, and David, but David finished well. In fact, it says about David that he fulfilled God's purpose in his generation. And even though he stumbled, he learned how to step back in alignment with the grace and plan of God for his life. And the difference is that there was a voice. And David had a guy, a prophet named Nathan, that came to him once. And Nathan stared down someone that could end his life in a moment. And David, Nathan, unintimidated by David's power and presence, said, you're wrong. And through much grieving and much pain, because there's still consequences to our mistakes, David's heart was restored, renewed a right spirit within him, cast me not away from your presence. And he got it back won battles and victories and secured the next generation. Although Solomon had a lot of wisdom, sadly, he was the smartest man in every room. And if you do not have a spirit of humility to where someone can say, that's not God. It's not the time. That's out of order. Remind you of the word. One of the things the Holy Spirit does, he reminds us of what God has said about ready to make a decision that felt good in the moment, but it's going to lead to death. It reminds us. When God uses people. I got Liz in my life. I sleep next to the Holy Spirit every night. I know I do the majority of the platform. I do the majority of the preaching. I do the majority uh, of the public ministry. But I have this voice that, yes, does encourage me a lot, and I need it. I, I, I go highs and lows of emotion real quick. But she will call me out on anything and everything, even when I don't want to hear it. And it makes me better. I've still not arrived. I remember when I gave my life back to Jesus, it was 2002. And I, I just said, I, I can't do this anymore on my own. I gotta, gotta have you. And I would say, I, I think I had, and I don't get the one who decides this, God does that. I think I had a saving knowledge of Jesus, but I definitely didn't have first place in my heart. And in that moment, I had a breakdown, weeping, heard God speak to me. I said, forgive me. I'm going after you. I'm all yours, God. Thank you for your grace. And I believe that that's when I went from lost to found. I felt like, man, I, I'm, a, I'm becoming a follower of Jesus. And honestly, I felt, I felt like regenerated and invigorated. I felt joy. I felt peace. I, I felt born again. But you know, nothing changed about my character. Yeah, I had a little more excitement for the things of God, but nothing changed about me loving people and serving people. I was saved, but I was getting, I get sanctified, directly correlated to the amount of word of God, not that I know that I did. The time in the presence of God, the time honoring God, the time obeying God, when I would align my will with his ways over time. And friends, I have not arrived. Like Einstein said, this is not a class you graduate from. This is a journey that takes your whole life. But the man I am today and the man I'm becoming into tomorrow is directly related to the word I work, the voice I listen to, and the people that surround me. If you want to walk in wisdom and if you want to win in life, you begin to take into account those things. And if you have not had that up to this moment, today is a decision day to receive that Spirit, ask just like Solomon did. 
God, give me wisdom so that I can bless people, build people, help people, serve people. And God will not only give you what you ask for, but he'll give you everything else he has designed and desired to give you. See, when I, I had a, a day where I, I made a big decision. I, I was standing with friends and family and several other freeloaders. It was my wedding. And Liz and I said, I do. Nearly 15 years ago. 15 years ago next month. And man, so there was a relational status change. It was a new covenant. Now the next day we woke up and we're going to the airport. We're going on our honeymoon. And this is my forever passenger. Because we, we just made a covenant decision. This is on God decision. And, but the truth is like, we still had to get to know each other more. We still have to get each other, know each other even more 15 years later after that day. What a travesty it would be if we made that decision of I do, but never grew in knowing each other more. And listen, this is, this is exactly where some of you are with God. You've said, I received, I do give you my sins, my shame, my yesterday. I do receive forgiveness, grace, eternal life but you have never taken the time from that day till this day to really know him, to know the sound of his voice, to put in practice and to build your life upon the rock, to get the right voices of relationship around you, people that can correct, people that can challenge, and people that can encourage. And you will mature in your wisdom the more intimate you are with the word of God, the whisper of God, and the right people of God around you. And although you maybe did not get the setup that Solomon started his life with, you can fulfill everything that God has positioned and called you for in your destiny. Would you stand to your feet? Every day from this moment on, I want you to see obeying the word of God like this. It is a micro, tiny battle of obedience. And the more little fights I am faithful to honor God, Beginning of wisdom is the reverential awe, the fear of God. The more times I win the little battle. So we want to win in the great big things. We're looking down at the big weight, the glory. But if I can lift the little thing every day, every day, I'm winning the little fight. Before you know it, there'll be a weight of God's glory and blessing and favor and victory and promotion and the hand of heaven on your life that you could never have dreamed of. But we start obeying and little places and walking in wisdom, it will lead you to a life of such significance and success that God is so great, you have to give the glory to God. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every heart that's here, every individual you see, you know, and you love. If they've not been following you wholeheartedly up to this point, let today be a day of new beginnings, a new covenant decision to receive the gift of Jesus. But Lord, I thank you that for those that are followers of Jesus, that you would put inside of us a hunger for your word, an ear that tunes into what the Spirit is speaking, and right relationships to correct and direct us into calling and purpose. Lord, for us at Kingdom City Church, I think we are going after wisdom, and we are going to learn to win at life by walking according to your word, your whisper, and with right people. I pray, just like Solomon asked, that we would begin to ask and hunger for more of your word, and we'd obey in the small things, and we'd lift the weight every day, and then there would be a glory that would fall one day.
goodness of God may be seen in our lives and in our church and in the way that we love and the way that we serve people in our city. I pray generational blessing is being built in this house. Stay in this moment of prayer. In 1 Corinthians 1, Paul says that Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. If you do not have Christ, if you do not have Jesus, if he is not first, you are missing the whole here and you've never given your heart to Jesus or you have, you were like me on that beach in California in 2002 and you need to come back home you know that you know about him but you don't know him personally, you have him like a knowledge of him but he's not the Lord of your life if you need to put him first in your life if that is you, we're going to pray a prayer we're going to pray a prayer all together, today is a day of salvation today is a day of new covenant and today is a day of new beginnings to redefine the relationship where not only is he God, he's also king He's Lord, and he becomes friend in your life, close in your life. If you're here with Noah looking around, we're going to pray a prayer all together as one family of faith. But if that's you and you need a fresh start with Jesus or for the very first time to begin a relationship with him, can you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Kyle, that's me today. I need a new beginning. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That's awesome. Maybe that's you online or at Lansing. Can we all pray this prayer together as one, one community? Say this with me. Say, thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus, my Savior. He died for me. He's taken my sin. He's buried my shame. He rose from the grave. So I have a new beginning. And in this new life, it's all about Jesus. God, I'm going after you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me to obey. I love you, Lord. From this moment on, I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we celebrate? Praise God. Love you, church.